welcome to Genia Conversations Redefining Healthcare. I'm your host, Andrea Durkin. My guest is Dr. Barry Chaikin. In part two of our conversation, we discuss his new book, Navigating the Code, How Revolutionary Technology Transforms the Patient-Physician Journey, the Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic, and his advice to physicians and patients. If you enjoy our conversation, follow us wherever you get your podcast to learn more about Genia and how technology and analytics are improving healthcare. Let's jump right in. All right, so you, as you know, one of my favorite questions to ask all Genia podcast guests is what's not wrong in healthcare? I think the pandemic showed what is not wrong in healthcare. Whether people realize it or not, they have seen a miracle in the last year, a real, true medical miracle. Before the pandemic, we did not create a vaccine, develop a vaccine, test a vaccine, and then administer a vaccine to millions and millions of people in any length of time, less than four plus years. We did this in less than a year. And we're doing an amazing thing with that. And let me give you an example. In mid-January, the Chinese released the genetic code for the coronavirus. It was made up of 30,000 base pairs. Just two weeks later, the researchers in Oxford were able to use a computer program that built the first potential vaccine. That's two weeks later using computer program. When we first mapped the human genome, it cost over $1 billion. Today, it's less than $1,000, and it's available to any of us. So we live in a time of real miracle science. We are now much more focused on the patient than when I went to medical school and did my training. There's so many more options for people's diseases. Think about HIV. When I was an EIS officer at the CDC chasing epidemics, AIDS was a really big deal. Today, it's a chronic disease. And maybe the miracle science that created our vaccine that we use for coronavirus might be the miracle science that finally creates an HIV vaccine that we've been working on for what, 40 years, 35 years? And the last thing, um, access to care is greater now than it's ever been. Let's just think about it. The Affordable Care Act has put tens of millions of people on health plans that allows them access to health care that they can afford. Just in the last year, 10 million people joined Medicaid because of Medicaid expansion. And there's only a small number of states that haven't expanded Medicaid. So we're really in a great place in healthcare, uh, and I'm excited by it. The, the world has changed so much. My personal interactions with my own physicians are nothing like I ever would have expected when I was going to medical school. And I consider them wonderful experiences. So I think there are great things happening in healthcare. Well, I love that perspective on the pandemic as a, as a miracle. So uh, thank you for that. I wonder also if it has impacted the changes that you advocate in the book. Absolutely, and that's a great question. One of my colleagues um, from New York who works as the chief data officer for a large integrated delivery network said that last March, he and his organization were implementing analytics dashboards 
that normally would have taken three years to implement, develop and implement, he did them in three weeks because it was necessity. I have another colleague who was on her honeymoon um, and was called back to New York in the middle of the pandemic, right, back in, uh, in March, and was, a, was asked to spin up dashboards that were used throughout New York to load balance the, where the ambulance went to drop off COVID patients to be treated. We have learned so much about healthcare in the last year, it's astonishing. People from all around the world were giving up their sleep and speaking on Skype calls and other types of calls to share what is the best way to treat this particular patient with this particular situation who's suffering from COVID. And medicine evolved in a very unique way. It was the first time in human history, researchers from all around the world put aside their competitive juices and join together to fight the pandemic. That is why we have these new treatments for the disease. How we learn that the best way to put a patient who's on a ventilator is not on their back, but on their stomach, which is counterintuitive from everything we've known before. It's the best way to give them a chance to survive when they're on that ventilator from COVID. So it's all of this, these new things that we've learned. And then lastly, there's no way we would have been able to develop a vaccine this quickly unless everybody was rowing in the same direction. Now, I know and I'm realistic that we're going to go back to a much more competitive environment where pharmaceutical companies are going to keep their trade secrets and not necessarily share them. But at the same time, we've developed so much great basic science and basic science is the foundation for great medical breakthroughs. And I think we're gonna see many of them over the next 10 to 15 years. And we're gonna tie it back to this pandemic. So we, we as humans are thankfully really good at making lemonade out of very sour lemons. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I think the collaboration alone is sort of priceless. I, mean, I, I don't know that we've ever done that before and we may never do it again, but no doubt it will pay dividends for a long time. What's your advice to physicians and to patients going forward? Without physician leadership and involvement, there's no way that information technology in the healthcare space could ever evolve to where it needs to be. And I'm not just saying that you need to be, get informatics training and become a chief medical information officer or anything like that. But what I am saying is if you're a practicing primary care physician or specialist, it's important to embrace analytics. You have the background to be able to understand it and figure out using your expertise and experience, how can I best leverage this analytics? What type of requests can I make to my analytics department that can help the way I provide care? And that will be very beneficial to improving how you do that physician does their work and the outcomes for their patients. As for patients, there's some basic things. You need to get involved in your care. Now we've heard a lot about consumerism and the importance of physician making patients making decisions about their care. All of that is really important, but it's really important for patients to take responsibility and say, I need to bring the reports I have. 
I need to respond to the questionnaires that are sent to me in a, in a patient portal before I get to the doctor's office, not when I'm at the doctor's office, and help the physician by providing them with as much information as you have and be a partner in the process. Try to anticipate the needs of your doctor. Don't delay your treatment just because you can put it off because there's a huge difference between treating disease late versus early. And the other thing is your physician is going to ask you to do specific things to be healthy. Do some of them. Whatever you do is going to be valuable. But overall, it's the doctor and the patient together that are able to deliver the health and good outcomes to that particular patient. One of the things I love about the book is that you've interviewed people all over the world and have their perspectives embedded in the book. And if you could interview just one more person, who would that be? Well, there are over 1 million physicians in the United States. And I would imagine that if you asked all 1 million of them, who would they want to interview for a book they were writing? There's only one person that I can think of that they would say they wanted to interview. And that would be Dr. Tony Fauci. Everybody would want to talk to Dr. Tony Fauci. And let me tell you why. Not only do we know what he's like, because we watched TV and saw how he responded. And remember, Dr. Fauci's 80 years old and he acts like he's 50. But there's another piece to it. A colleague of mine was an infectious, is an infectious disease doctor here in Boston. And he was skiing when he was finishing his fellowship. And he gets on the ski lift and sitting next to him, he didn't know, was somebody to, even in that day, was a huge icon to him, was Tony Fauci. And my friend tells the story about how kind and interesting and curious and thoughtful this man was to this, well, not really snotty-nosed, but almost snotty-nosed fellow in infectious disease. And here we are all these decades later, and my, my colleague told the story with practically tears in his eyes because of the type of man that Tony Fauci is. So yeah, if I had one person want an interview for my book, it would be Dr. Fauci. Well, I hope that comes true, or maybe for the, the sequel to the book. That would be a dream. Thank you to Dr. Barry Chaikin and to you for joining us. If you enjoyed our discussion and want to hear more like it, Subscribe to Genia Conversations on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The views, information, or opinions expressed by the guests of Genia Conversations Redefining Healthcare are their own and do not necessarily represent the policy or position of Genia LLC. Many thanks for listening.